The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support, and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. That will include medically necessary and elective procedures. All patients, visitors, vendors, staff, and physicians entering our facilities will have their temperature checked with an infrared thermometer upon arrival. Individuals will also be asked screening questions about COVID-19 symptoms per CDC guidelines. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. Welcome to the Something Patriots podcast, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, a podcast where we talk a little something about the Somerset Patriots. Game over! Series over! 27 up and 27 down for Teasley! The Patriots are your 2015 Atlantic League champions! Patriots win another Atlantic League title! Warning track ball! Done! Home run for Corey Aldridge! His third blast of the game! It's a walk-off grand it is gone! Ball game over! Series over! And Patriots are the 2008 Atlantic League champions! Somerset! On 1450 WCTC, WCTCAM.com, and where podcasts are available. A pleasant hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Something Patriots podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and again, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome into our live listeners on The Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. All of these episodes are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on SomersetPatriots.com as well. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this pod wherever you might listen um, if you have not done so already. On this week's episode, the Somerset Patriots have announced plans to begin a community baseball series called the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. We'll get into all of the nooks and crannies about what this means, plus what the other Atlantic League teams are doing, as well as some other independent teams around the country. Also, I sit down with 2015 Atlantic League Championship Series MVP Roy Merritt to discuss his time in Somerset and his thoughts on the rest of the Atlantic League. So let's get into the news. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! News broke earlier this week that Major League Baseball intends on returning to a 60-game season with training camp beginning July 1st and the regular season starting on either July 23rd or 24th. While there is still a lot of logistics to be revealed regarding exactly what the season will look like, It's great that Major League Baseball will be back, of course, as long as the coronavirus abides. But for today's show's purposes, we are going to spend most of our time discussing the plans on baseball returning to Somerset and what the rest of the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball will look like. All right, so Somerset announced last Friday that they are exploring ways to host a local professional baseball series at TD Bank Ballpark this summer after being granted the go-ahead from the Atlantic League. The league has not formally canceled the season, but instead has given every team an opportunity to pursue their own plans. Uh, there are some teams in the league that are trying to put together their own 70-game season, and, and we'll get into that. Uh, but the Patriots' plan is to keep things more localized, which I personally really like. The Patriots are not the only team to look into something like this that's more localized. Of course, the Sugarland Skeeters are moving forward with what they are calling the Constellation Energy League which will be comprised of four teams competing exclusively at their home ballpark, Constellation Field. Starting on July 3rd and stretching into September, their manager, Pete and Cavillia, will manage one of the teams. Uh, Roger Clemens and his son, Kobe Clemens, will manage another. So it should be pretty interesting to follow how that energy league progresses. Uh, The Joliet Slammers, also of the Frontier League, 
announced similar plans on Wednesday that they plan to host what they'll call the, quote, City of Champions Cup at their home ballpark of DuPage Medical Group Field. And their plan is pretty interesting. Uh, This one includes four teams playing each a 27-game schedule. Their plan is to start play on July 16th, and it runs through September 6th. Teams will be made up of players from other Frontier League teams that might not be playing, and, of course, minor league free agents in the area as well. Uh, They plan on playing three to four games for each team a week, and they can have fans in their ballpark. In fact, according to the state of Illinois, their plan is to have 20% seating capacity at their ballpark for this plan. So that's what the Skeeters are doing. That's what the Joliet Slammers are doing. So what are the Somerset Patriots doing exactly? Well, the plan here is to host what is being called the Somerset Professional Baseball Series, which will consist of two teams, the Somerset Patriots and a team that is yet to be announced, that will play against each other every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, ideally starting on July 10th and running into mid-September. The name of that other team has not been announced yet, but they will be stationed local to TD Bank Ballpark. This, of course will all be dependent, however, on the team receiving approval from the governor's office on bringing fans to the ballpark, with the Patriots ideally looking for a number close to 1,500 fans for it to make sense. The Patriots' readiness plan was actually reviewed by Governor Phil Murphy and his team earlier this week, Uh, so now the Patriots are just waiting to hear back in regards to how they can move forward. Regarding what these teams and these games will actually look like, Well, Somerset Patriots president slash general manager Patrick McVeary provided some insight uh, on Tuesday into what we can expect. So we'd be looking at something roughly like this. Rosters of roughly 18 players consisting ideally of players that can all live within one hour commute of TD Bank Ballpark. We'd be looking at seven inning ballgames, no automated balls and strikes. Uh, We would be using the current international extra inning rule. Uh, which basically puts a man on second base uh, once you get into extra innings to try to expedite things a bit. Interestingly, uh, the plan is to have a 10-run mercy rule in the fifth inning. Um, and all of these, really, the mercy rule, the extra inning rule, making ball games seven innings, ideally, it's all in place to try to help out the pitchers. If the rosters are going to be sized at roughly 18 players per team, and one of the reasons for that being it's going to make it easier at TD Bank Ballpark to keep the clubhouses and keep all the players socially distant. So if we're looking at rosters roughly around 18 players, then there's not going to be a lot of space for pitchers. And if you're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to need enough pitchers to get through each weekend series. So to make the games a little shorter to make it a little shorter on an extra inning side as well and to potentially put in a mercy rule so you don't have to keep on putting a pitcher in and out um, every day. Uh, That's going to allow guys to not get as tired. It's going to hopefully prevent some injuries and it's going to keep the game flowing a little bit smoother. Also, uh, there likely won't be any handout promotions um, at the ballpark for obvious reasons uh, so that you're not making a lot of contact with the fans that would be coming in. Likely no autographs um, as well, but there's still a good chance that we would have fireworks shows. In fact, Patrick McVeary confirmed that the fireworks shows that were previously scheduled on the original Somerset Patriots 2020 schedule um, are still approved dates for the Patriots to have fireworks shows moving forward uh, with the town. So that's certainly good news. Uh, The games will likely be broadcast on 1450 WCTC and likely with video on SPN.TV as well. Uh, Brett Jody, the normal Somerset Patriots manager, will manage the Somerset Patriots. And likely John Hunton, uh, the team's current pitching coach and director of baseball operations, will manage the other team. Again, that is yet to be announced. But all of these changes to me make sense. And here's why. The name of the game here is all about controlling your own product and maximizing the amount of home games that you have. Here's the thing. It is really difficult in this current day to depend on different local governments to try to give you the approval, especially if you're trying to start up a league that goes across a couple of different states. So the main name of the game for the Somerset Patriots is controlling what they can here at TD Bank Ballpark, and in doing so, try to maximize the amount of games that they have for their fans. 
Yes, it would be great to be in a, a full Atlantic League season. Unfortunately, that doesn't really seem to be the case uh, moving forward for 2020. So what's the best thing that the Patriots can do to bring baseball back to their community? Make sure that they have their hand on every single aspect of what's going to go on here. They don't have to worry about other teams. They don't have to worry about other states. They're just going to control what's going on in New Jersey and what's going on at TD Bank Ballpark. And this seems to be the best way for the team to do so. Now, there have been four workouts at TD Bank Ballpark featuring local players looking for an opportunity to play over the last three weeks or so. The majority of these guys all have professional experience either in a major league organization or an independent league. So the level of talent here will be strong. And you can expect local Patriots to participate. Uh, Guys like Scott Kelly, Justin Pacioli, James Puglise, Taylor Wright. Josh Almonte, Pat Dean, possibly, possibly even Nate Rowe, who's currently a member of the Somerset Patriots front office, um, and even some others are likely to participate in the series. There is, however, a movement of three teams in the Atlantic League, specifically the Long Island Ducks, Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, and High Point Rockers, that are working towards creating their own 70-game schedule in coordination with three other professional baseball teams. Uh, there hasn't been any real confirmation on who those teams are, uh, but most people expect them to be the Sussex County Miners, the New Jersey Jackals, and the Rockland Boulders, all members of the current Frontier League, who announced earlier this week that, similar to the Atlantic League, they are allowing their teams to pursue their own paths as well. So while, of course, it would be great to have a competitive season with all of these other teams, the fact remains that there is a real concern of being able to play all of these games as scheduled while having to depend from all of the other different state governments. I mean, even this week, look at this week, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut all announced they are enforcing a 14-day quarantine from any individual that comes from a high-risk state that has seen recent spikes in COVID-19 cases. Uh, These include not only Florida, Texas, and Arizona, but also North Carolina, which is the current home of the High Point Rockers. Point being, there are real, legitimate concerns with trying to put together a league that crosses state borders at the current time, which was one of the biggest reasons why the Patriots decided to go on their own path to pursue baseball in 2020. I'm on board with the current plan. Uh, I really think that all of our fans are on board with the plan as well. And come July 10th, hopefully everyone's on board and there will be baseball back once again at the Jewel of the Atlantic League. You no longer have to choose between an amazing network and an amazing price. When you switch to T-Mobile, you get both. Visit a T-Mobile store or tmobile.com to find out more. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands, plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with 8 locations on routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com. And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz. Time to talk a little bit about our guest for this week's episode. It is left-handed pitcher Roy Merritt. I had an opportunity to catch up with Roy a little earlier in the week to talk 
about his time with the Somerset Patriots, a time that he looks back on with a lot of pride. Roy Merritt, a guy that had a lot of success in his time with Somerset. Before we get into the specifics, it's important to note that Roy wound up playing five seasons as a member of the Somerset Patriots, but those seasons were kind of spread out. His first year with Somerset was in 2012, uh, and that was actually the final year that Sparky Lyle was manager of the team, and it was the last time that the Patriots failed to make the postseason until this most recent 2019 year. Roy was a starting pitcher that year for the Patriots and then would return for a full-time season with Somerset in 2013 that year as a relief pitcher. But those wound up being really the only two seasons that Roy was a full-time player for the Somerset Patriots. In 2014, he played with the team, but he only made three starts at the end of the regular season and then made one postseason start as well. He spent most of his time that year in Taiwan playing for the Lamigo Monkeys. In 2015, he was with the Sugarland Skeeters. Roy, of course, being a Houston native himself, uh, spent most of the year in Sugarland, put up very good numbers, and then was traded to the Patriots at the end of the 2015 season. Made three regular season starts in 2015, and then in the postseason had one of the best stretches of Somerset Patriots history in terms of postseason pitching, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and then Roy would actually wind up making one start with the Somerset Patriots last year in 2019. It was a spot start on July 27th. So technically, Roy Merritt has been with the Patriots for parts of five seasons, even though if you look a little bit closer at the numbers, it was really only two full-time years uh, with the Somerset Patriots in 2012 and 2013. But a couple of the big accolades for Roy before we go specifically into each season. Of course, Roy Merritt was a 2015 Atlantic League champion. That year, he was named the Atlantic League Championship Series MVP, and I'll get into that in a moment. Uh, he was an all-star once with the Patriots back in his 2012 season. Here's an interesting stat for Roy. Roy Merritt actually ranks first all-time in Somerset Patriots history with the lowest qualified earned run average amongst pitchers with a minimum of 225 innings of work. That might seem like a bit of an arbitrary number, but it actually is a pretty good cutoff in regards to how many innings pitchers worked when they were with the Somerset Patriots and a, and a good dividing line between guys that were only here really for a season, season and a half, and other players that were here for a lot longer. It is a 2.99 ERA for Roy. He also made three playoff appearances with the Patriots in 2013, 2014, and 2015. So Roy originally joined the team in 2012. Uh, the story goes that he was present at TD Bank Ballpark on the same day of open tryouts prior to the 2012 season. But in speaking with Roy, Roy mentioned that it wasn't so much that he was here as an open tryout. It was, it was just that that was the day that at the time, Brett Jody and Sparky Lyle could really get a look at Roy, see him pitch, and he was signed to the team shortly after that. In 2012, he was exclusively a starting pitcher. He went 8-8 eight and eight with a 3.22 ERA over 27 starts. Uh, again, mentioned it earlier, he was named an all-star that season. But the team unfortunately failed to make the playoffs. It was the final year for Sparky Lyle as a manager. It was also, however, the first year for the Patriots with Corey Smith, Johnny Tucker, Adam Donahue, and Jake Fox. It was the second year for Daryl McCall. So at that point, the tide was really turning in Somerset, and there seemed to be a new crop of guys, a new core of the Somerset Patriots roster that was starting to come together. And all of that came together very well in 2013, Merritt's second season with the team. He began the year as a relief pitcher. Overall, that year, Merritt's numbers, he was 4-2 and two with a 1.96 ERA, 71 strikeouts over 64 in the third innings of work. He began the year making 31 consecutive relief appearances because Roy had some experience in the New York Mets organization prior to joining Somerset as a relief pitcher, so he was able to carry over that experience to begin 2013 with the Patriots. But he finished off the season as a starting pitcher. In fact, his final seven appearances of the year were as a starter, and those were impressive appearances, a 0.71 ERA over his last seven starts for Somerset that year. That equates to just three earned runs over 38 innings of work. It was a hallmark season for the Patriots. They set a franchise record with 90 wins in the regular season. They were battling things out with the Sugarland Skeeters at the time, who set an Atlantic League record with a 95-win regular season. And then in the playoffs, 
The Patriots swept the Skeeters in the first round of the postseason. Roy Merritt had a start at home in Game 3, wound up being the, the series clinching win. Roy went seven and a third innings, allowed just one earned run with two strikeouts. Patriots were leading 5 to nothing for most of the game after a Corey Aldridge two-run double and a Jeff Baisley RBI single in the first. Uh, so Somerset won that ball game. And then in the championship series in 2013, the Patriots fell behind two games to none against the Long Island Ducks, returned home, won games three and four. Corey Aldridge had that three home run game in game three. It was the 16th inning walk-off winner from Angel Sanchez in game four, but the Ducks eventually won that postseason series and won the Atlantic League championship. But 2015 was a year that a lot of Patriots fans will really remember well. That was Somerset's most recent championship of course, Roy began the year with the Sugarland Skeeters and had really strong numbers. He went 7 and 5 with a 2.52 ERA over 19 games including 17 starts with Sugarland during the regular season. He was traded to the Patriots at the end of the 2015 regular season when the Skeeters were already out of playoff contention. He made two starts with the Patriots in the regular season and ultimately finished with a 2.88 earned run average, which was the third lowest among qualified pitchers in the Atlantic League, trailing only his then Somerset Patriot teammates Sean Bierman, who had a 179, and Matt Zielinski, who had a 286. Merritt was the game one starting pitcher for the Liberty Division Championship Series against the Long Island Ducks. He got the win, six innings of work, one earned run, five hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Of course, then he had the game five series clinching start against Long Island. It was a night after Will Oliver tossed a complete game three hit shutout. Roy Merritt went on the mound, tossed a complete game four hit shutout, gave the Patriots a big win over the Long Island Ducks and sent them into the Atlantic League Championship Series, where Merritt was then the game four starting pitcher against the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. That night, he tossed seven innings, allowed one unearned run, struck out six. Patriots won that ball game, and that was the Atlantic League Championship clinching night. Roy Merritt was named the Championship Series MVP. For that 2015 postseason, he went 3-0 overall in the postseason, a 0.40 earned run average. That's one earned run over 22 innings of work across three starts. Tremendous numbers for Merritt in that 2015 postseason. With all that said, Merritt continues to look back at his time in Somerset with a lot of pride, with a lot of enthusiasm. And after the break, we'll have our interview with the left-handed pitcher and Atlantic League Championship Series MVP, Roy Merritt. Whatever this season brings, you'll be there for the Patriots, and TD Bank will be there for you. Bank 24-7, online, or on the TD app. Or, talk to a human by phone anytime. TD Bank, unexpectedly human. Visit tdbank.com. TD Bank, America's most convenient bank. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. The Something Patriots podcast is also presented by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is making it easier to see a doctor from home and cutting your costs so you can get the care you need. Here for you now and always. Learn more at horizonblue.com always. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support, and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and now I have the chance to be joined by an Atlantic League champion and an Atlantic League Championship Series MVP He's the most recent member of the all-decade team for the Somerset Patriots, left-handed pitcher Roy Merritt. How you doing, Roy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's it's weird times. I'm wishing we were playing baseball. 
But all, all things considered, I'm doing all right. You hanging in there down in Texas? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Just, you know, staying out of trouble. All right. Good to hear. Um, so uh, the way I've normally started these conversations for the last couple of episodes, I've, I've always wanted to start off with sort of your path and how you got to Somerset, and then we're going to dive into um, you know some big moments that you had while you were while you were here with the Patriots. Um, so for context, uh, you were originally a 29th round draft pick by the New York Mets in 2007. Uh, spent five professional seasons in the Mets, uh, including time with Double A AA and Triple A in 2010 and 2011. And then you joined the Patriots in 2012. So I'm curious how you found out about the Somerset Patriots and, and what that process was like for you to, to, to come over here and start playing in Somerset. Um, it was just one of those, I got released in spring, in spring training in 2012. I was like, um, flat three days left in, in spring training, nowhere to go really. Um, I actually do not remember how I came in contact with Somerset. I know I talked to Winnipeg, I talked to Long Island, you know, and, and it just nothing was like right with me, you know, and when I mm. I was still living in New York at the time and and um I talked I talked to Brett and I talked to Sparky, they asked me to come down, you know, they had the the I came down to, to work out the same day of tryouts. So uh, some people think, it, you know, I was coming down to tryout, you know, but I was already, they just wanted to see me, you know, before they signed me. And um, I came and they, they liked what they saw and kind of like the rest was history. All right. Well, I think I could speak on behalf of everyone with the Patriots that uh, we're glad that you chose to play with us and, instead of Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> We're all happy about that. <laughs> so, so when you when you started off with the Patriots in that 2012 season, um, you mentioned that uh, they they looked at you during the open tryouts, but it wasn't a tryout. Um, but you know that was your first experience in independent baseball. So, what what was that like for you? That transition to to play in independent baseball? Did did you feel like you had a chip on your shoulder at all when you first started here? Yeah, I felt like I had a huge ship. I felt like, um, you know, when I was released by the Mets, that, that my chance was actually taken away uh, with certain situations, and you know, I was just looking to play and you know keep my keep my career going. You know, it was, it was very frustrating for me, and I just like how you said that I had a chip on my shoulder. You um, know, they the Mets dropped me down sidearm. They just, they said I wasn't good enough to pitch, you know, in two angles, you know, having my multiple angles. So I wanted to go out and prove myself. So when you came to Somerset, did did you talk to, I guess, Brett Jody was the pitching coach at the time in 2012. Did you, did you talk to him at all about those arm angles and, and sort of what your preference was? Yes, we talked and he, you know, he just told me just to go out and, and play and, you know, have fun and, and, and go out there and compete. Uh, so I've talked to a bunch of guys that say that, you know, when, when they first came over to the Patriots after having been in, you know, a major league organization playing in the minors, um, that some guys felt, you know, that they kind of lost their love of the game a little bit. And then they came over to Somerset and, you know, it was about winning here. And, and it gave some other guys a chance to, to find their love again. Do you feel like that happened to you at all? Like when, when you came yeah. over to Somerset? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so so what was it about Somerset that that made you sort of – gain that love back for the game you know like you know big leagues minor leagues you know a lot of people focus on who's going up who's going down and lose focus on actually playing playing a game day to day and it's so many people are caught up on that you forget about the game and it's so political it's ridiculous we came over to Somerset and you know just concentrate on today's game and we'll worry about today and then and then we'll handle tomorrow tomorrow you know and with with that attitude with that aspect you're able to focus you know a lot better you don't have to look over your shoulder you know of course if you're not performing mm. you're going to get released but you know and and other and organizations you can still play well and get released or get passed up you know Somerset you're playing well you don't have to look over your shoulder Go to the field, have fun, enjoy your, you know, enjoy your um, your teammates. You know, it was a good family environment as far as the teammates in the clubhouse, and it was just fun. You know, I, 
the way the Somerset has set up the, you know, the ball players and, and the, you know, um, I don't know if it's called a Sinesta anymore, but yeah, it we still stay. is. Yeah. Okay. You know, even just staying there, and, you know, after the game, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know it. After the game, we will go out, you know, go back and, you know, hang out and play video games and we would talk about the, the game of that night and what we wanted to do the next day. And that, you know, brought that chemistry to the field every day because we were always together. What, so what was it like playing for Sparky? Was, was that different to anything that you had done previously in baseball? It was, it was, I mean, he was different. He's, you know, laid back, but he's, you know, also, you know, something happened. He's going to, you know, defend his guys, you know, and, mm-hmm. and his attitude, go out and go get them, you know, and play the best you can, go out and go get them and let the, let the chips lay where they lie, you know. Did, did he talk to you at all about, I mean, cause, you know, Sparky was a left-handed pitcher also and had a lot of success at the major league level. Did you ever have conversations with him about, you know, maybe ways that you can, um, you know, do something with your mechanics or with your pitches to try to have more success? Um, we didn't, we didn't talk, we talked a little bit about sliders, mm-hmm. about throwing, you know, different groups of sliders and, you know, and just work and just playing around with that. But we talked more so, you know, mentality, you know, just, you know, just having that good mentality when you're facing hitters left, left handed or right handed and, and, you know, working on setting, setting guys up to, to put them away and just going after guys. You know, that was, mm. it was more so a mentality than, than mechanics and, and things like that. Got it. So it, it wound up being – it was a really good season for you statistically. I mean, you went 8-8. Eight and eight, You had a 3.22 ERA um, over 27 starts. You were, you were an all-star. You pitched in the all-star game that year. Um, unfortunately, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs, but – you know, that was the first year for you in Somerset. It was the first year for, like, Corey Smith, Johnny Tucker, Adam Donahue, Jake Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of you guys w- would be around Somerset for a couple of years. So even though you guys didn't make the playoffs, d- did you have a sense that, like, hey, we, we maybe we have something here. Maybe this is something that we could work with for, for next year and maybe a couple of years? Definitely. That was that was the goal, to come back and, and – and get the ship the next year. You know, that was always the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't look at dispersing or going in anywhere else. We were like, Somerset's going to be home. We're going to come back, and we're going to ride it out. I mean, it worked out pretty well, at least for from a regular season standpoint. That next year, in 2013, you guys set a franchise record um, with a 90-win season. Um, for you personally, I mean, you started off the year as a relief pitcher. You made 31 relief appearances, and then you transitioned into – back to a starting role at the end of the year. Um, so what what was that process like for you? I, I guess what went into the decision for you to start off the year as a reliever when you were a starting pitcher for the team the last year? Um, you know, coming up with the Mets, I was I was only a reliever. And actually 2012 was my first year throwing, you know, throwing back overhand. So, mm-hmm. you know, from my, my whole com- professional career with the Mets, I was on the sidearm. So that was, you know, that, going overhand, that was new to me. And the guys that were coming in for 2013, some of the guys have only been starters. And, you know, I, I've done both, like, and Brad and I, we talked about it. And it, it doesn't matter what role, I, you know, I get put in, I'm going to go out and I'm going to perform and I'm going to do what I need to do. So, and it doesn't bother me to go between starting and and, and and being in the bullpen, mm-hmm. so it was it was easier for me to to do both. You know, compared to other guys, you know, they it's hard for other guys to make that adjustment. Overall, your numbers that year, you went four and two, and you had a one point nine six ERA, which is awesome. Um, and, and then at the end of the season, in the seven starts that you made, you allowed three earned runs over thirty eight innings, which was good for a zero point seven one ERA as a starting pitcher. Um, so was it difficult for you at all when when you get when you went back into that starting role after being a reliever for most of the year? Was that a difficult transition, or did it feel like once you you became a starter again, it's like all right, well, you know what, I've done this now, so I'm I'm pretty much good to go. No, I mean it wasn't hard. It just throughout the season leading me leading up until going back into the rotation, I just had to get stretched out. But you know, it's just it's like riding a bike. You know, you don't forget how to do it, or you know, as long as you have a solid routine, you can. It's easy to get back into. So the team makes the playoffs that year, and you guys were battling with Sugarland. Um, 
you know, you guys set a franchise record with those 90 wins. Sugarland set a league record with 95 wins that year. And then you wind up playing them in the first round of the postseason. And you go up two games to nothing. You come back home for game three. And, Roy, you're on the mound. You're the starting pitcher for that game three at home. Um, and you wind up going seven in the third innings. Um, you allow four runs, only one's earned. But, you know, all of those runs came in the eighth inning uh, after the team jumped out to an early 5 nothing lead. Um, what, what do you remember from that start and, and from, you know, taking down a Sugarland team and ultimately sweeping them after they put up such a such an awesome regular season? Um, it was just it was, it was just business, you know. We know what we wanted. We know, you know, we wanted the ship, and they, you know, they gave me the ball, and, and my job was to finish it that day. And I, you know, and that was my job for the day. I didn't, you know, think about anything else. My job was to end to send those guys home that year. Mm-hmm. So you guys win that game, and then you know we don't have to talk about the Long Island series afterwards. It was you know a series. <laughs> That, that Ducks went up 2-0. You guys rallied back um, and won games uh, three and four at home, and then the Ducks won game five. So we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to sort of fast forward a little bit um, because in 2014 you spent most of the season in um, you know in China playing with the Lamigo Monkeys, and then came back to the Patriots at the end of that season, made three starts, and, and then played in the playoffs with the Patriots as well. Um, so I'm wondering what that 2014 year was like for you. I mean, playing over a different part of the world in China and then, you know, coming back to Somerset and finishing up the season over here. What, what was that like for you? Um, it was, it was different. I was, that year I was actually in spring training with, with Baltimore mm. and I, I originally turned down the contract to go to Taiwan so I could stay closer to my kids. And, you know, once again, I, from, I got released three days left of camp again. And, you know, I, I flew up to, um, to Somerset to work out. My, you know, my plans to, to join the team then. And I received another phone call and they still wanted me to come back and, you know, go play with, with Lamigo. And I took that assignment and I went over, you know, and I love traveling. I, I love mm. traveling in different cultures. You know, I love that. So, I, I enjoyed my time. It was very different, but I enjoy I enjoyed my time there, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. So you you come back in, at the end of that season. Um, you make three strong starts. Um, you made one playoff start um, against the Lancaster Barnstormers, um, but we're not going to talk too much about <laughs> about the way that series ended. Also, I mean that that was the series where Yusuke Kajimoto hit a grand slam. Um, yeah. At the end of the series, and, and, and the Barnstormers won. But eventually, I'm going to get to some good memories, Roy. I promise. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because in 2015, um, that, was a good, that was a good ending to the season for you. Um, but let's, let's start at the beginning of 2015, um, because you had been with the Patriots for three seasons at this point. And then in 2015, you know, you being, you know, a native of Houston – you know that I guess there was an opportunity with the Sugarland Skeeters. Um, so can can you talk a little bit about how that opportunity presented itself and and what went into your decision making to go and and play for this for the Skeeters? That opportunity it was more so um, me having my kids at that time and um, I I had to I wanted to be at home and I wanted to take my kids to school. And um, they were here in Houston with me. You know, the mom stays in, the, you know, in New York, and I stay here in Houston. And mm-hmm. you know, we worked it out. They came down. You know, spent the school year in the summer, and I just enjoyed my time. You know, enjoyed my time with them. And um, it was starting when I came home. I don't know, guy Eddie. I, I don't know if he thought that. You know, Brett was, you know, trying to set him up for something. You know, he, he was kind of like, I'll, I'll go to the field, try to talk to him. He's kind of like brushed me off. And I had to call Brett a couple of times and tell him, you know, say, can you talk to talk to guy Eddie? I'm serious about this. And, mm. you know, and Brett and I, we have a great relationship. He he understood the, the situation I was in on, you know, staying at home with my kids and, you know, and, Baseball, we always say family first, and so he understood why I was doing it. So, and there's no love lost 
of my decision. And, you know, he helped me with the trade, you know, getting traded to, to Sugarland, and you know, it worked out for me. Well, you had a great year down there. Um, in your time in Sugarland, you went seven and five with a two five two ERA. Uh, you came back to Somerset at the end of the season, and you wind up finishing that year with a 2.88 ERA, which was um, ranked third in the Atlantic League. The only people that was behind were actually two other guys that pitched for Somerset. Sean Bierman that year had a 1.79, and Matt Zielinski had a 2.86. Um, I, I guess before your time in Somerset, was it weird at all, the, the first couple of times that, that you had to play the Patriots when you were with the Skeeters? What, what was that experience like for you? I mean, it was like in, in, <laughs> you play you play long enough, you're gonna play you know against your teammates some some point down the line. You know, it was it was weird, but it's but it's not because you know we're used to playing each other. You know, different teams. It's just that's just the thing that happens in sports. You know, everyone gets traded, everyone you know moves around to different teams. So it was just you know I keep it professional. And I just have to do my job. You know and and go from there. So you come back to the Patriots at the end of the year, and of course everyone's thrilled that you're back with Somerset. Um, what, how did that? Did, did you have to have conversations with Gaetti saying like, "Look, if the Skeeters aren't in the postseason. I'd love to be able to go back to Somerset and finish what we started." Was that sort of how that went? We had several different talks. It, it came down to the last. It it came down to the last night. It was one of those oh, wow. situations. Yeah, it it came. It was one of those situations where if we had a chance, agreement was if if we had a chance to play in the playoffs, I would stay in Sugarland. If we were out, I came I came back to Somerset. In the in the Atlantic League, there's a cutoff with the uh, trades and transactions. If you want to be a part of a postseason roster, I think that's either like September 1st or, or right around that area. So I guess you guys had to make that call a little bit before the postseason started, which I guess must have been really difficult for you all. Yeah, it was it was, it was was kind of difficult, and it was it was frustrating a little bit because um, we were really out of it. We were close, but the way, the way that, you know, the Atlantic League has all those different rules on getting in the playoffs and stuff, and we were, yeah. you know, we were behind a couple of teams, and we didn't have a chance. And um, and you know, we looked at we looked at everything, and we talked it over, and you know, he finally called the guy finally called and told me, you know, go 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 have fun, go get them, you know, and I and I came back. And we were happy to have you. Um, you made two starts at the end of the year for the Patriots in the regular season. And then you were named the game one starting pitcher um, for the Liberty Division Championship Series against Long Island, a team that obviously you have some history against and the Patriots have a lot of history against. What did it mean for you in, in that 2015 postseason to be, you know, one of the newer guys, at least on the team that year, of course you had your history here, but to be one of the newer guys and to still be named the game one starting pitcher for that, for that first round. It's, it's like one of those things, you know, you can, you can leave and, and go out of town or, or go, you know, out of the country and go somewhere, but, but it's always, you know, you know what home is. And it was, that's how I felt with the situation. And, even all my, you know, all my teammates that year in, in Somerset, they felt the same way. Some of the guys were new; they didn't know me. But the other guys that that knew me, they was like, "Hey, that's Roy. You know, he's gonna come here, and you know, he's 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 a patriot, you know." And mm. the so, of course, I, I, I'm one of the guys that's more loose in the clubhouse. So everybody, um, all the new guys, got used to me very very quick, and and. Like once again, it was business. Well, there's a lot of familiar faces in that clubhouse for you. Obviously, Brett's the manager. Uh, Johnny Tucker is a big part of that team. Big Mike Wilson was on the team at that point. Adam Donahue, um, Aaron Eggleston as well. Nate Spears. So a lot of familiar faces. Um, you go out in that game one on Long Island against the Ducks. Uh, six innings, one earned run, three strikeouts. You get the win. Um, the Ducks win game two. The Ducks win game three. And then game four that year, right before you went for game five, on game four, Will Oliver threw a complete game three-hit shutout to keep the season alive. 
and set up an opportunity for you in game five um, to pitch on three days rest. So before we get into game five, were you watching game four at all when Oliver was pitching well and thinking like, man, like he's doing this. All I need to do is get an opportunity the next day and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go toe to toe. What what was that like for you? I mean, game four, you know, I'm trying my best to stay locked in because I had to do the chart. But mm. I, of course, I was on the top shelf. You know that that day I was being a cheerleader. You know, top shelf. I'm rooting them on. You know, trying to. You know, just talking to all my teammates, trying to make sure everybody's. You know, stays locked in, and it was it was exciting. You know, exciting to be a part of that. Exciting to watch that. You know, especially in the playoffs. Or you know, to throw. You know, to throw the way he threw. Like he threw excellent. You know, it was it was lights out. You know, you know, amazing. Oh yeah, it was it was so much fun to watch that. Um, and then, so it's so let's talk about that game five start that you had because it's I still say it's one of the best postseason or of all time Somerset Patriots starts. Um, you just you pitched absolutely tremendously. Um, a complete game four hits shut out with three strikeouts in a series clinching game, a series clinching win. Um, I talked to Adam Donahue a couple of weeks ago. And he said before Will Oliver pitched in game four, he said Oliver had an awful um, bullpen session right before the game. And then he said, and then I talked to him about your start, and he said that you have some of the best bullpen sessions before you go on the mound of anybody else uh, that he's ever worked with. So I'm curious, going into that game five start, you're pitching on three days rest. How did you feel? Did, did you feel confident in your stuff? Did you feel like this was this was going to be a good night for you? Well, you know, Long Island, they, they know me, and they know that I'm going to go out there and compete. I, I knew I wasn't going to have, you know, the best that I had that day, so it was more of a chess move, you know. just I knew I wasn't going to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, blow different pitches by them and just, you know, just hit them up, and they know I throw strikes, so I just used that for my advantage, you know. just I just kept throwing strikes. I just located pitches, and, you know, I was, you know, I was, tired and I was very tired. Pitching on three days rest is not easy. And of course I got Don behind the plate. Don knows me better than I know myself sometimes and <laughs> and um norm, you know, normally I I'll tell Don, okay, this is how we're gonna do it and you know, we'll go over it. That day I was like, Don, you just do what you do and we had we had a system, you know. We had a system when he wanted me to throw sidearm, we had me to throw over the top and, and you know, it was just he just played a video game, and you know, and that's how it was. He 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 called it, and I threw it, and and I just kept competing, and I just kept stay, I just stayed locked in, and I just tried to stay focused, and and try to let the guys get themselves out. Were, were there ever any moments during that game for you where you felt like you know what I'm I'm on three days rest, I you know I, I'm at 90 pitches after seven, or you know I, I'm feeling pretty tired. I should probably get out of this game. Or, or did you have that mentality that you, you know what this is my game to start and this is my game to finish. I don't care how tired I am. I'm, I'm finishing this one out. I I hit a wall like around the uh, it was in between the fifth and the sixth inning, and I had to take a break. I called time and Don came talked to me on the mound, and you know we took our time and, and Don was just like, hey, just, just stay with me, and. I kind of regrouped, and I, you know, like I said, I didn't have anything other day. I was just, just, you know, just doing what I could, you know, flipping pitches, taking a little, taking speeds off, and then, you know, I was just playing that game that day. And I knew they was gonna be aggressive. I knew they was gonna be ready. They knew I was tired, so I used their aggressiveness, aggressiveness against them. Mm. Well, it, it it worked. You guys got the win. What, what was that feeling like to celebrate on your home field? I mean, you know, you had already played an Atlantic League Championship Series back in 2013, um, but this you, you now beat the team that beat you guys a couple of years ago, and you were going to go on to the Championship Series. So what, what did it feel like to have that celebration after you threw that complete game? It felt great. <laughs> it, you know, just, just dealing with Long Island, just – you know, like I, I came in the, in, in the Atlantic League, um, 2012. The offer that they gave me, the ridiculous offer. I'm not gonna say. You know, it just I just felt disrespected by that, and then just to see how 
they are in the league and, and how they act with other teams and all that stuff is, you know, I kind of, I, I really wanted to stick it to him, you know, and mm. I got two opportunities to do that, you know, that, that year. I think a lot of our fans know how, you know, the rivalry between Somerset and Long Island, um, you know, how our, how the front offices feel and the fans feel it's the best rivalry in the league. So it's, it, it was, uh, it was a pretty sweet moment for us, um, for us all. And we were so happy for you. Um, and then of course we, we will talk about the championship series. Um, you know, the Patriots split the first two games of that championship series against the Southern Maryland blue crabs. Then there's that hurricane Joaquin that hit the East coast. So we had to wait a couple of days down in Southern Maryland, um, before we could pitch again. Um, which wound up working out, I guess, all right for you because there's a couple of more days of rest that you got. Um, and then you got the ball on game four uh, with the team up two games to one, so an opportunity to win the championship. And then it was another tremendous start from you, seven innings, one run, but it was an unearned run, six mm-hmm. strikeouts, um, and the Patriots eventually win that game and win the championship series. So um, I, I guess I'm just wondering, you said it was an amazing feeling when you beat Long Island. Um, were there any nerves or feelings when you went out for game four against Southern Maryland? And, and then how did it feel once you guys won the whole thing? Um, you know, like all, we had all the crazy stuff, the hurricane coming through. Um, it was a situation where Brent wanted to switch. Uh, I think it was, it was Matt. He wanted to switch, let me pitch the, the swing game mm. and let, let Matt pitch the next game. And, and I told him, I was, you know, we talked about it. I was like, I was like, Brent, just let him, let him go. You know, let him go. You know, let's. You know, he's he pitched well in the series before. You know, he's riding on that confidence. Let's not change it. He went out and 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 shoved the. You know, for the swing game and put us up two to one. And once again, I'm in a position to shut the door, and that was my job that day. I just gave gave him all, ran out of gas in the seventh, and I handed it over to the bullpen. And the bullpen got the job done. Hunting closed out that game. You guys win. How how much fun was it to celebrate with the guys, you know, not only just the entire team, but, you know, specifically guys like Johnny Tucker, Adam Donahue, um, you know, who had been there since 2012, Eggie and Hunton, who had, I mean, Hunton since 2013, Eggie since 2014, Brett mm-hmm. had been your pitching coach in 2012, so you've known him for a while. I mean, what, how was it just to celebrate with all those guys that you've been working so hard with for so long? It, it was like... It was a great feeling. It's like celebrating with your family. You know, we we've been together for so long. Long we built this bond with each other. You know, we we knew we knew that we can absolutely trust each other, and we knew what we were gonna get from each person on the field. And if somebody was slacking, you know, we got on them. And you know, we you know we patrolled everybody, and and it was rewarding. You know, that's what we worked so hard to do to to get that championship. Well, the Patriot fans remember that championship very well. It's the team's sixth championship in franchise history. Um, so I guess, you know, looking back at your time in Somerset, I mean, you would play with the Sugarland Skeeters in 2016 and had another really good year with them and then um, had your contract purchase and you pitched for the Dodgers um, for a little while in that 2016 season and then came back to uh, Sugarland last year um, and then was able to actually make a start for Somerset midway through last year um, on July 27th. Um, and then I, I remember you were ready to go for another game for the Patriots against Sugarland at the end of the year, but there was rain, so we couldn't get the game off, unfortunately, um, yeah. which was a bummer. Um, so I, I guess to, to look at how the last season went, you were named the pitching coach at the beginning of the year for the Skeeters, and I guess things didn't really work out. Um, that was the first year that you got a chance to play under Pete and Cavilia. Um, but what, what did it mean to you to know that even with that, you know, the Patriots still had a home for you, that Brett still um, was interested in having you pitch for us um, a couple of times? What did that mean to you? That, that, that's, it means a lot to me. It lets me know that, you know, somebody, someone or – you know, someone thinks highly of me and, you know, throughout my career, that's rarely have happened. You know, somebody to put that much trust in, into me and allow me to actually do what I love doing and not put that pressure on me where if you don't perform right now, you're going to get released. You know, it's, it's not a time where I had pressure on me where I felt like it, that, where I felt like that, you know, and mm. 
just to have that love of, of Somerset, you know, it's, it's a it's a great feeling to have. So let, let's um, we'll finish our conversation on this note then, Roy. I mean, earlier this week you were named to the All Decade team for the Patriots um, for seasons between 2010 2019. That was the fan vote. So our our fans still remember your time here. They remember your contributions. I don't think anyone will ever forget what you did at the end of the 2015 season. Um, and in fact, I, I did the math before our conversation, Roy. Um, among all-time Somerset Patriots, for pitchers that have thrown a minimum of 225 innings pitched here, you have uh-huh. the lowest ERA in franchise history. Really? At, yeah. For a minimum of 225 innings, you've got the lowest ERA at 2.99. Um, so, so when you look back, Roy, at, at your at your time in Somerset, um, you know all of those years, the champion, the missing the playoffs in 2012 under Sparky, um, being backed by Brett, winning the championship in 2015, and then having fans vote you for an all-decade team this year. Um, what what does it mean? What is the what does your time in Somerset mean to you? Like just you know, with with all the support that's here for you. I mean, it, it means a lot to me. You know, it's, it's a very special place. You know, players that come there, they're allowed to, you know, express themselves freely and, and be able to perform, you know, and go out and, and play. And you know, that was the only thing that that was I, that was my only thought. You know, wake up in the morning, prepare myself to play, and yeah, that's that's a to be a baseball player and only have only have to worry about going to the field and playing. Is amazing. It doesn't happen that much, and the way that that everyone that 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 the Somerset program is set up and how they take care of the players and how they love on us, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, and I appreciate all the love that I, the love and support that I that I've gotten from from the from the organization and from the city. Well, we, uh, you know, we love you up here, Roy. Uh, I think you know that you're always welcome up here, and uh, I'm not sure what the future holds uh, for you right now, but uh, you know that you always got a, a home in Somerset. So we appreciate you, and uh, I hope that you're doing well during these weird times. I hope that your family's doing well, and um, you know, on behalf of everyone here, we can't wait until the next time we see you up at the ballpark. I can't wait to see you guys too. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by NJM. At NJM, we understand the hardships you might be going through right now. That's why we're offering payment relief. We'll continue providing you protection no matter what tomorrow brings. Because dealing with uncertainties is our business. This isn't just insurance. It's NJM. The presenting sponsor of the Something Patriots podcast is RWJ Barnabas Health. You've been putting off going to the hospital. We get it. Be assured that safety, yours and ours, comes first and is embedded in everything we do. We're taking the appropriate precautions and using best practices to continue to ensure the highest quality care, protection, support and comfort for all. With that in mind, as the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic in New Jersey has passed, RWJ Barnabas Health has begun to initiate a resumption of services. Keeping with the governor's executive order and adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. Get more details about our reopening at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. Let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands, plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with 8 locations on routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com.
And we're back on the Something Patriots podcast. A huge thank you to Roy Merritt, who joined us for this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the pod where you can if you have not done so already. Uh, But that's all we got for this week. Have a nice weekend, everyone, and we'll see you back next Friday. Thank you for listening to the Something Patriots podcast. The Somerset Patriots would like to thank the presenting sponsor of the podcast, RWJ Barnabas Health. They would also like to thank the supporting sponsors, TD Bank and Flemington Car and Truck Country, with proud sponsorship from T-Mobile, NJM Insurance, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, and NJIT. Other thanks go to Flemington Department Store, AARP New Jersey, Sanofi, and Financial Resources Federal Credit Union, all valued partners of the Somerset Patriots. The Something Patriots podcast airs live on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and on WCTCAM.com every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. With the archived versions also available for download on SomersetPatriots.com and on participating podcast platforms. The show is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.